Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. My name's Tady. This is Sex, Psych and Self and <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> And I am so, so happy to be back. I've missed you. I've missed talking into a microphone to myself. I've missed editing my voice. It's been a while. It's been about a month. But, you know, things have happened. Life has happened in Tady's world. Um, Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away, uh, which took up about three weeks of my time just being with my family and arranging his funeral and really grieving him and being wholeheartedly with my family. Um, I'm okay though. So, uh, some of you sent your wishes, your, what, what is the word? Like condolences. That's the word to me. Uh, and I really, really appreciate it. I am okay. I, I feel like me being a nurse and having that medical background did help me through it. It still fucking sucks that my grandfather passed away. I loved him so, so much, but I'm really trying to look at the plus side of it all, the silver lining, if you will. And unfortunately he suffered from a stroke and yeah, I'm trying to look at the silver lining, um, And I know that he is here with me and he showed himself to me a couple of times, which people who are listening that don't necessarily believe in that are probably like, she crazy, but (laughs) you got to believe what you can to get you through it. So yeah, I'm back. And then, oh, and then, (laughs) so I got back from that period of time and I went back to work and then I was back at work for two days and then we both uh, me and my partner both tested positive for COVID so that was my first time having COVID and I'm literally still in isolation right now as I make this podcast I think tomorrow is our seventh day so tomorrow is the last day of our ISO and it's been shit (laughs) not necessarily the COVID because I, I haven't really even gotten 
sick. Like the extent of my run in with COVID was, I think I had a, a temp, which wasn't confirmed because I don't have a temperature. Nurse of the year, I literally don't have a temperature at home. Um, but I had the hot flushes and my face was like really hot for like the first day before I even knew I had COVID, like the day before we tested positive. I swear we both had temps. And then all I really got was a runny nose. And now I have a little cough every now and then. And my voice, you could probably hear, gets a little bit like stuffy every now and then. But other than that, oh, I did get a lot of muscle aches, actually. That was actually the most major symptom that I had was muscle aches. I think there was one day there, three days in, that I woke up and my everything, I felt elderly. I felt about 95 years old. And I was like, shit. But after that... (laughs) I was fine. I used to say I was elite and I used to think that I could never fucking catch COVID, but now I've caught it. I am still sticking by the statement that I am elite because I didn't get sick from COVID. Okay. I got it, but I didn't get sick. Where we got it from? I'm convinced we got it from the pub because the weekend before we tested positive with COVID. So not this last weekend gone, but the weekend before that, It was actually raining where I live. So the race day in town was cancelled and we were all meant to go to the races. Instead, we went to the pub. So there was hundreds of people at the pub that were meant to be going to the races. So two days later, I tested positive COVID. So, I mean, do the math. That's pretty much, I think, where I got it from. Um, Another little update that I did want to speak about before we get into the episode. I haven't spoke to you in so long. It's been really cold here and you're probably like, TD, it's winter. Isn't it meant to be cold? Yeah, but I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it was really cold. It was like zero. Okay, and I just am so surprised. I fucking love winter. I love it so much more than summer. I love getting rugged up. But every time it's cold, I'm like surprised that it's cold. I'm like, whoa, it's cold in winter. Crazy, but I'm loving it. I never want it to end. Right now, it's perfect. It's like 16 degrees during the day, five degrees at nighttime. Like, it's literally perfect. That's my ideal weather. I'm currently sitting making this podcast in a jumper and slippers. So, yay me. Um, there's also been a lot of talk lately about the, um, whole abortion laws in America. Now I don't want to get too political on the podcast because we all know that this is not what this podcast is about, but I did want to touch on it because at the end of the day, this, this podcast is about sexual health and reproductive health and, I haven't done an episode on abortion yet because I'm still trying to figure out the right way to go about it because I do realize there's a lot of differing opinions and views on abortion and whether it should be illegal or, you know, whoever. But um, in America, they're trying to um, pretty much ban it and ban womening, womening, ban women from being able to have an abortion in some states of America. Now, to my knowledge, yeah, to my knowledge, certain states can choose, in America, certain states can choose whether or not they do um, take on that law. But as of right now, some states have taken it on, and it's honestly disgusting it's disgusting for a group of men 
a group of politicians who are men to sit there and make rules about women's bodies is just disgusting. And it's uh, when I first heard about it, um, I was actually really sad and I, I was losing hope in the world because, you know, it's 2022. We should be moving towards like a better world, not going backwards. So it made me really upset to hear this and I'm just disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed that we haven't learned from all the things <clears throat> we know now about sexual health and reproductive health and we're just learning more and more every year from all the things that we know about it and and we're still going backwards in time like pro abortion I am pro choice I think that abortions should be accessible for all people with uteruses um and that's another thing um it's not just women's rights because a lot of people with uteruses don't identify as women. So I think it's really important that we just, you know, realize that every this affects everyone with a uterus. Whether you identify as a woman, whether you identify as a male, everyone with a uterus, this affects. And then I heard talk on the grapevine, which I'm not into politics. I don't like watching it. It makes me sad. It makes me angry. I choose not to watch it. Um, but I've also heard talk on the grapevine that they're wanting to like do something to the rights in America also, uh, do something with the rights of the LGBTQI plus community. And that is disgusting and as well, and it's, I'm outraged and I don't even want to think about going backwards in that regards because people have worked so hard to get the LGBT plus community where it is today and just to go backwards from that it's a massive slap in the face and it's a massive slap in the face to all of us not just the people in those communities as I've mentioned before in another episode I'm a massive ally of that community and um I'm a massive ally of that community and I will always support them and whatever I need to do, if I need to sign petitions, if I need to protest, if it ever got that way in Australia, I said to my partner the other day, I said, if this ever comes into Australia, I will be the first out in the streets protesting because it's disgusting. You don't have rights over my body and you don't have rights over my people's bodies or my people's rights. And I think some straight white men need to get a little bit of a slap in the face as well to realize that, hey, it sucks being told what to do with your body or your rights. Anyways, I do not want to get too um, political because I could go on forever about it, but I just want to clear a few things up. In Australia, the Termination of Pregnancy Act 2018 ensures that women who choose to terminate their pregnancies are respected and that termination is treated as a health concern rather than a shameful criminal act. Currently standing in the state of Queensland where I live, women can terminate their pregnancies upon request up to 22 weeks of gestation age. So that means 22 weeks pregnant. Any later than 22 weeks has to be approved by two doctors. Um, I just wanted to touch on this because I got stuck in a TikTok spiral on the current abortion laws um, everywhere. And I wanted to touch on what your rights are in Australia if you're listening from Australia and um, in Queensland as of right now. Fingers crossed that doesn't change. Fingers crossed it improves. So we'll see. 
Um, but I won't stand for it, just so you know. But moving on to the actual episode, um, this is an episode that I've been wanting to do for a long time because it's been affecting me my whole working life um, and it's affecting me right now. And this episode is going to discuss something that, like I mentioned, I am all too familiar with. And that is the pressure of finding and keeping a career, the the pressure of career identity, figuring out what you want to do with your life. From the stats I read on my podcast app, a lot of the people that listen to this are females and are younger. So I think a lot of this um, is really relevant to my listeners. And if you are older, hello, and maybe you can um, pass this on to your children. We are really pressured to figure out what we want to do with our lives from a really young age. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you can recall that back in high school when we were, you know, between the ages of 14 and 17, we were getting pressured to figure out what we want to do with our lives and, you know, what we want to be when we're older. And we're even asking little kids when they're like five, what do you want to be when you're older? And most of them saying, oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want to be a policeman. I used to work in early childcare and it was always doctors, lawyers, policemen, zookeeper and uh probably not going to be that so sorry (laughs) how is an adolescent human who can't even navigate through their own emotions and raging hormones at that time meant to figure out what career they want to do for the rest of their lives how are they meant to do it It's unrealistic for us and for schools to ask them this and expect them to know right off the bat. Sure, a lot of them probably have like an idea of what they want to do. And we should definitely, as adults and as teachers and as educators, we should definitely encourage children and adolescents to be the best, do the best in their education and strive for the best academic result but not because of what they want to do when they're older, not because of their career, but because achieving well academically will lead to a sense of accomplishment and achievement for the, you know, the young people. And that's great. That's great for your mental health. It's great to have that belief in themselves. So they believe that they can do anything they strive to do in this world. And when I have children, which I cannot wait, but when I have children, I will make sure that I don't pressure them into figuring out what they want to do with their lives at a young age. I will definitely encourage them to strive to be the best they can be during schooling, but so they have options when they do figure out what they want to do. So if they leave school and they, you know, decide, hey, I do want to be a vet, they're not held back by academic results even though I am living proof that it does not matter what grade you get in school because you can literally go to uni. As a mature day student like me. But yeah, I think it's really important that we encourage this. And um, it really, all this encouragement will lead to confidence in our young people. And that is the most important thing. Build confidence in young people. 
So myself, um, I dropped out of school at the age of grade 10 and I completely failed grade 10. Um, I did not attend a maths class for the whole of grade 10. Um, so yeah, I didn't pass it. So I pretty much finished high school at a grade five, uh, grade five, grade nine equivalent. Um, do I regret it? Absolutely. I wish I stayed in school until grade 12. I wish I got a Queensland certificate of, of, of education. Um, has it affected my career choices later on in life? Absolutely not. I am a very successful adult as of right now. I am still in university studying, um, as you all know, I'm currently studying counselling, my Bachelor of Counselling. And it hasn't really affected me at all. Like dropping out in grade 10 has never affected my outcomes educations, educationally, <laughs> academically speaking, later on in life. But the only reason I wish that I did stay to grade 12 is really so I had that that achievement, um, really. So I had that sense of accomplishment and from, you know, from the get-go. Cause when I left in grade 10, I was just like, yeah, I'll just go TAFE. I'll just do this. I was literally studying a certificate three in like tourism, like to be a travel agent when I left in grade 10. Like everything happens for a reason, for a reason, but I mean, useless. (laughs) My mom always says, oh, nothing, everything you do, um, means something like nothing you ever do is a waste. Whereas, I don't really know what my certificate three in tourism is giving me now, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, where I am right now, I'm not, I'm not upset with, I'm not disappointed with, I'm actually, like I said, I feel successful. Um, I feel accomplished and I feel like I'm intelligent. I feel like I'm a smart person. So I don't think it matters when you leave school. Um, as always, I always put the topic that I'm going to speak about in the podcast into Google just to see what happens. So I put the topic in like career identity, um, figuring out what you want to do with your life, that kind of thing. And I put the topic into Google and what came up was, what do I do if I feel stuck? What happens when your career becomes your whole identity? What to do if you feel stuck in the wrong career? And they were all pretty much the most common articles. Um, So that proving that it's a very prevalent issue among um, not just my age group, but age groups of all, of all varieties. I mean, when I studied nursing, I was studying nursing with women who had grown up children that were in their late 50s that have worked as something else for the rest of the, for the, like, that whole first part of their lives and are now just changing, changing careers now. And that's okay. And that's what I'm saying. It doesn't just affect one age group. It affects every age group. And I really take my hat off to those women and those people, those men and whoever. I take my hat off to those people who change careers at a mature age because it'd be so hard. 
It, I, I get pissed off being a student now at 27. I can't even imagine being a student in, you know, into your forties and fifties. And I, I really commend those people. I think it's amazing. I think it's the greatest thing ever. And I know that life is constant education. Every career you have, you're going to constantly learn and constantly educate yourself. And so the education never stops, but you do want to get to a point where you know your shit and you're at a a good point in your career where you're being successful and you're kicking goals. Um, so right now I just want you to have a little think. I want to do a little activity with you, even though you can't reply to me, but I want to do a little activity and right now, wherever you are in the gym, in the car, wherever, I want you to describe to yourself How would you describe yourself to someone who's asking you to describe yourself? So if I asked you, hey, describe yourself to me. Describe yourself. If someone asked me that question, I would immediately say, "Um, I'm 27. (laughs) I'm a nurse. And what would I say? I'm 27. I'm a nurse. Um, I live in central Queensland. I'm a certified cowgirl. Uh, (laughs) But the point of that activity is that if your career or job title is one of the first things you are thinking of and one of the first things you would use to describe yourself, you are making your career your identity. And when I was making this episode and doing my research for this episode, I realized, fuck, I've been making my career my identity and I really have. And I know like people literally have TikTok accounts like dedicated to the fact that they're a nurse. And I think it's very common among nurses, probably more so than a lot of other professions, but we use it as our identity when we are so much more than that. We all specialize in different things. We all have different interests. We all have different backgrounds, you know, That's why when I'm doing an icebreaker activity, I love using your background, your interests as an icebreaker because we are so much more than the position we're doing right now. Now I want you, just a part of that activity, I want you to describe yourself without your career, profession or job title. If you're not the nurse, the lawyer, the retail worker, the minor, whatever, what are you? Describe yourself without using any of your job title or your job, prof- like your profession in the description. If I were to say that, I would say, wow, the first thing that came to my mind is I'm a sister and I'm loyal. I'm a sister. I'm funny. I'm a daughter. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a mother to two sausage dogs. I'm a podcaster. Oh, I guess that's a profession. What are my interests? My interests are socializing, I guess, gym, socializing, you know, like it's actually so hard to find things that's not to do with your profession. So I encourage you, whether you pause this podcast right now, I encourage you to just stop and make a brief description of yourself that does not include your profession. The reason that this topic of podcast is so um, like near and dear to me personally is because I'm leaving nursing. I've done nursing for years, years. 
it's the first profession um, of my adult life that I actually stuck to. I've always been a person to swap and change jobs, jobs, um, but it's the first profession that I actually stuck to. Um, And unfortunately, because of my nursing career, I got burnt out. And whether that to do with COVID, whether that to do with, you know, the condition of our health system as a whole, um, no matter like whatever it's to do with, I was burnt out. And I, I was one of these people that when I first started um, nursing, they, they told us about burnout and like uni and whatever. And I just didn't really believe in it. I was like, yeah, whatever. Burnout's a cop out. It's not. (laughs) It's definitely a real thing. And it's definitely affecting, I think, more nurses than we even know. And yeah, I do still work in the nursing profession, but I am doing everything I can to get out of it because I've realized now, eight years later or seven years later, that it's not, it's not what I want to do and it's not all it's cracked up to be. And that is okay. And for those of you sitting, listening, going, Tenny, what is burnout? Burnout is a psychological syndrome emerging as a prolonged response to chronic interpersonal stresses of your job. The three key dimensions of this response are overwhelming exhaustion, um, being cynical to your job, um, feeling detached from your job, a sense of ineffectiveness and a lack of accomplishment. This is me right now. I almost despise the profession of nursing because I worked in that stressed burnout mentality for too long. I worked in it for years. I've cut down my shifts now at the hospital, but I mean, I think it's going to take a little bit of self-care and self-reflection to really get my mind out of that burnout state. Um, And this is why I'm back studying. This is why I'm trying to re-implement my roots and figure out what I like to do. I'm so grateful that I've found, you know, podcasting as an outlet because I do, I love it. I love talking to you and I love researching the content and I love educating myself through researching the content for you. And I, I love sharing my life and my, my thoughts. I love it. And my professional identity, like I I was struggling that with that for a while. Like I was like, oh. I know I'm a nurse, but what kind of nurse am I? Like I I did ED. I I liked it for a bit, but I started to not like it anymore. I don't like ward nursing. I don't like aged care nursing. You know, I gave community a go. I didn't like that. I gave mental health a go. I didn't like that. You know, peds. I didn't like that. I'm like, oh, what is my professional identity? Because although it's important to be able to describe yourself without your profession, it's also important that you have a strong sense of professional identity. You know who you are professionally and you know, you know, what you like to do and what really you really enjoy with your career. And I think it's really important that you do kind of build your hobbies outside of work. And I know when I was on dating sites like Tinder and the first thing they'd ask you is, oh, what are your hobbies? And I'd always sit there and I'm like, um, (laughs) drinking? (laughs) And it was really hard for me to have, like, to name hobbies because I didn't have any. I mean, hobbies are not living life. Hobbies are not coming home and cooking dinner and going to the gym. Like, that's a life. Hobbies are, you know, painting or 
what do you not like what what do you like to do when you're not working what fulfills you and makes you feel a sense of enjoyment when you're not at work what is that i'll take i'll take a second to think about it for myself what is it that you like to do outside of work for me i love love walking my dogs I love podcasting. Podcasting is a hobby for me. I love drinking coffee. Like on my days off, going to get a cough is literally the epitome of a day off. Like I love it. As soon as you go to a coffee shop, get a coffee on your day off, you know that this is living. You are on a day off. And it's very important that you don't get into that I call it the acceptance spiral and though acceptance is such an important value to have in some circumstances, you shouldn't just accept your career unhappiness. You shouldn't just accept that you don't feel fulfilled in your career. You shouldn't just accept that I went to uni to do this so this is just what I need to do now. You shouldn't Accept and not just career, but you shouldn't accept not feeling fulfilled in your home life or in your relationship as well. You shouldn't think, oh, just because we've been together for three years, you know, this is my relationship now. Don't just accept it. The change starts with you, and you are the only one that has the power to change your circumstances. Fuck acceptance. I don't care if you're 20, if you're 30, if you're 40, if you're 50, 60. You do not need to accept where you are right now. You can change it. You can go back to uni. You can quit your job. And some of the tips I do have for you to dodge that burnout and increase your out-of-work life is do not take your work home with you. And I've actually gotten pretty good at this over the years, but when you leave work... Have that fuck it mentality because that's what I do. When I leave work, I'm like, nah, not getting paid for this. Switching it off. When I get home, I'm I'm unemployed, sis. I don't have a job when I get home. It's just me and my home brain. Explore and broaden your network. By this, I mean explore options for yourself. If you know you have options, you won't be stuck in that acceptance mentality or that acceptance spiral. Do fun things and things that you enjoy every day, whether it's for an hour, whether it's for three hours, whether it's for half an hour. Every day you need to be doing something that you enjoy. You have one life and I think this is what I've said to a lot of people since my granddad passing He has taught me one thing in him passing away, and that is life is too, too short. You don't know when you're going to die. He was fine one day and in a coma in hospital the next. You know, unresponsive in hospital the next. You don't know when you're going to die. Do things that you enjoy. Dedicate time every day for yourself and for your self-care routine. Stop feeling obliged to do things. Stop feeling like, I have to do this. Because you don't. You have choices. Describe yourself without that job title. 
make yourself love your life because you only have one life. No matter what you believe in reincarnation, whatever, you have this one life as who you are today. How do you choose a career? How to choose the career that's right for you? Now, I haven't mastered this yet, but I do have some tips that I've been trying to abide by because at the moment I've just resigned from my job. Um, mostly because I was very unappreciated and they made me feel very incompetent. But so I'm still mastering it, but I've written down some tips. And if you are having a problem at the moment choosing the career that's right for you, um, this can help. What do you want in your life? What does the ideal career mean for you? What do you enjoy to do? For me, I enjoy talking to people and I enjoy educating. Not being, you know, not in the teaching sense, but I enjoy, you know, educating people on health and stuff like that. What are you good at? And most importantly, what is realistic? It's all good saying, hey, I'm really good at diagnosing on my iPad, so I want to be a doctor. Is that realistic? Are you able to go to university and fulfill the requirements for a medical degree? If you are, clap, clap, clap for you. If you're not, medical, the medical industry is not totally out for you, but there are other ways that you can um, fulfill what you enjoy to do. It all comes back to those, you know, those smart goals you did in high school and it's like specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and timely or something. Try and stick to that because although you probably thought it was bullshit in high school, I've actually, I actually do it now with my clients and it's really important that you do remain realistic with your goals. I'm still figuring out what I want to do with my life and I'm 27. I'm back at uni and I definitely think that I do want to do something with, you know, talking to people, helping people through their problems. But I don't think I'll ever have a traditional role. I don't think I'll ever be a traditional nurse. I don't think I'll ever be a traditional psychologist or counselor. I think that whatever I end up doing, I will be very successful in what I do and I'll have my own spin on it. And that's what will make me successful. And that's another thing. You need to believe in yourself and have that confidence because I do. And I think that's what makes me be such a go-getter. Like people are like, oh my God, how did you start a podcast? That's so scary, blah, blah, blah. I spoke about it and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy the microphone. I'm going to do it. And I did. And now it's gone pretty well. So have that confidence in yourself. And it is okay if you have a bachelor in something and you're working in that industry and you don't like it and don't want to do it anymore. That's okay. And you're probably like, Tady, just because you say it okay, it's okay. It doesn't mean it does. It is. It is, okay? I'm telling you, you need to change your mentality and stop feeling obliged. Don't get in that acceptance spiral. It is okay. And if you are, I know a lot of people listening probably are nurses like me. Um, 
if you are a nurse and you're not feeling fulfilled with bedside nursing, but you know that you love nursing, there are so many different things that you can do nursing wise. I have so many friends who are nurses and all of them do different types of nursing. So just because you don't feel fulfilled in ward nursing doesn't mean nursing is not for you. There could be another aspect of nursing that you fucking love. And if there is, you need to explore it. And you won't be able to explore it unless you don't get out there. Get out there. (laughs) All right, I'm just standing like a fucking fortune cookie now. That was the episode on career identity. I hope uh, it gave you some things to ponder, some things to think about and some things that will help you later on down the track. I am so happy to be back. I will try my best to get weekly episodes out to you. Uh, Like I mentioned, I have currently um, resigned from my position. My last day is on Tuesday and keep, um, keep tuned, stay tuned, keep tuned, (laughs) stay tuned for what's to come. I do have plans. So I guess we'll just see what's to come um but as always look after yourself look after your mental health and most of all most importantly of all don't get COVID no (laughs) most of all most importantly of all have some safe sex I'm Sadie. This is Sex Psych and Self. I have missed you so much and I will most definitely see you next week. I love you. 